Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I actually have an announcement to make, very exciting announcement to make for you. Uh, there will be a brand new class this week at libertyfirstuniversity.com. A brand new class on, you guessed it, the uh, women voting in early America. We have the anniversary of the ratification of the 19th Amendment coming up this week, and I was challenged by a friend to bring to you the information that we have, uh, truth on the uh, 19th Amendment. And you should be you should not be surprised to know that we are not actually uh, being taught the truth about the 19th amendment we are not actually being taught the truth about history of women voting in america and i was so pleased to be able to bring this to the leadership institute this morning and it turned out to be such a great class that I am going to formally film it uh, for libertyfirstuniversity.com that will be up for Thursday, which, Lord willing, the anniversary of our the ratification of the 19th Amendment. I'll just let you in on a little clue. One of the keys to understanding what the 19th Amendment actually does is uh, to read the 19th Amendment and not just simply accept what someone has told you or accept what you read online. So let me just go ahead and start with you the news of the day. What are our headlines that we're going to be talking about today? What are the headlines that we're going to be uh, bringing you our constitutional perspective? Well, here we have in Florida, the people of Florida passed a constitutional amendment to allow certain nonviolent convicted felons to have their right to vote restored and their other rights uh, restored. And it's really important for us to understand that this has to do with nonviolent felons. Okay, so nonviolent felons are now constitutionally entitled to have their rights restored. That's a very, very important thing because, as you know, if you're a longtime listener, JC and I have uh, talked about how our judicial system creates second-class citizens and how our, um, our judicial system creates a system where you are never actually done serving your time. And I'm 
that should really concern us because it used to be do the crime, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. That's a problem in America now because the time, if especially for felonies and certain even misdemeanors, never ever ends. Because once you, you are, maybe you served your time in prison. Once your time in prison ends, once your probation is over, if you're a convicted felon, then for the rest of your life, you have to put on a job application that you're a convicted felon. For the rest of your life, you can't defend yourself. And I'm talking about nonviolent crimes. There is no reason why someone convicted of a nonviolent crime should have to forever surrender their right to keep and bear arms, much less their right to vote. And don't tell me that it's, be, you know, it's not a bad thing that felons can't vote because most felons that would vote would vote Democrat. So what you're telling me now is that we should have laws that disenfranchise people simply because we want to eliminate the number of people that are going to vote in a particular party. That's not how our American system works. So I want us to be very clear here that there is a problem with how we're uh, operating with felons. Now, this particular case was heard by a federal court of appeals today. And today, Florida is voting their primary elections. So as while some are voting, others are challenging because although we passed the constitutional amendment that says that felons get their rights restored, uh, the 2019 state law, according to the constitutional amendment, allows convicted felons to vote if they have completed all the terms of their sentence, including jail time, parole, and financial obligations, okay? So the constitutional amendment was supposed to be, you know, you've, you've, you're done with parole, you're done with, with your sentence, but now, guess what? You have outstanding fines, you have outstanding money owed to the, to the state of Florida. You still don't get to get your rights restored, even if you're a nonviolent felon. The challengers urge the Supreme Court to put the lower court ruling back in effect uh, by a vote of 6-3 in July, but it declined to do so. The federal appeals court then agreed to hear the case. Now, the lawyer representing the state of Florida says, hey, it's within our authority, authority to permanently, permanently disqualify felons from the federal roles. But the chief judge asked this question. If the requirement that felons, right, they've done their time, they're off probation, they just cannot afford to pay back all the money yet, uh, that if their requirement to pay money is not simply more like a poll tax so that you have to pay in order to have the right to vote. So this is a case that's going to be battled, which is really sort of disturbing because the people of the state of Florida, overwhelmingly, if you're going to put a constitutional amendment in the state of Florida, you have to have over 60% of the people vote in favor of that amendment. 
Well, we had that. And now the Florida legislature, surprisingly enough, is overriding 60% of the, over 60% of the Florida voters. And so we want to make sure that we understand what the legislators are actually doing and the courts will actually uphold what the people of the state of Florida have decided to do. And so we're gonna keep an eye on that because this is a very important aspect of American due process. This idea that once you're convicted, you, you never ever get to be free again. And I think that everybody should be disturbed by a court opinion like that. I ran across this article the other day. A friend of mine gave it to me, and I thought it to be incredibly disturbing, so I wanted to share it with you guys. A U.S. professor, psychoactive pills should be covertly administered to ensure lockdown compliance. Now, this article was published on August 13th, 2020, and the particular site that I got it from is LifeSite News. So this comes out of Michigan, and it says in an article, so shocking it first at first reads like satire, an ethics professor of all things uh, at Western Michigan University advocated for the promotion of psychoactive, quote, morality pills, unquote, in order to alter the behavior of those skeptical of lockdown regulations, suggesting that such drugs could be made compulsory and administered or administered secretly via the water supply. Now, uh, the whether this is to be true or not, whether this is somebody just speaking to, you know, sort of like a PSYOPs thing to make people freak out or not, I think is, is not exactly the point. The point is our government has already been doing this. That's why fluoride is in your water, by the way. Fluoride is in the water to create a docile community. It's, it, it doesn't help your teeth. Fluoride doesn't help your teeth. That's all propaganda. My son has never had fluoride in his body, and he has never had fluoride in his toothpaste, and his teeth are beautiful. 14 years old, never even had a cavity. So, it, it, you know, maybe you could say, oh, well, that's good genetics, whatever. But if the narrative is correct, good genetics or not, his, te his teeth should be falling out of his mouth because he's got no fluoride in his system. So we, uh, the prison systems put fluoride in their food and water to help keep the prison inmates docile. This is all documented. I've actually had prison guards, I don't know if you know this, but Florida, uh, one of the major employers in the state of Florida is the prison industry. You can't live in Florida and, know, and not live next door, down the street, or at least know five uh, correctional officers. And those who are in the right positions to know will tell you, yeah, they put fluoride in this. 
Not to mention that there are studies of uh, our government radi putting radioactive material in baby's milk. We've talked about this. And what we need to understand is that there is a due process problem here. There is a problem with the government using us to actually take our uh, bodies and use them as, I don't know, experiments. We're guinea pigs. Look at the, at the Desert Storm veterans. That was actually happening to them as well. And so we have to understand that unless we get informed and we get involved, these are the kind of things that are going to continue to happen to us. We must keep ready. We must keep informed. And we must be diligent. I believe articles like this pop out to just sort of, I don't know, um, buffer the system right? To the shot across the bow to see how the people will react. Will we notice? Will we not notice? Will we pay attention? Will, will we be outraged? Will we not care? We'll be like, you know, hey, look, if you don't comply, then maybe we should have something chemical to help us. Like, imagine there's plenty of people out there that would love to see their neighbors drugged in order to wear masks or whatever. My goodness, I've seen articles uh, and even responses on Facebook and other social media about parents who are like, I have an autistic child. I have a special needs child. My child cannot wear a mask. And I saw on social media the other day, I should have clipped it so I could have shared it with you. I saw on social media the other day a crazy, crazy thing where a parent posted that she was kicked off an airplane because her autistic son could not keep the mask on his face. He kept pulling it down. So the airline kicked them off. And the responses in the comment section were just nuts. Oh, special needs children aren't really that special. You can train them. You shouldn't spoil them and to think that they can get away with this. Are you freaking kidding me? If you have a special needs child and your special needs child is autistic and you have a so special needs that he has to be on drugs, how are you going to propose to me that simply training them is going to work? I mean, I don't, I don't get this. I really, really don't get this. So if my child is so special needs that the doctor says he has to be on drugs, and then you're going to turn around and tell me that even though they're on drugs, I need to train them to behave themselves, even though they have a chemical or psychological uh, disability, you're too dumb to, to even talk. Don't even say anything. So I, just keep your eyes open for this kind of thing right now. And uh, make sure that we're paying attention. Hey, did you guys see this? Roger Stone has dropped his appeal against his charges. Now, I'm keeping you up to date on this because we've actually covered Roger Stone's case from the very beginning. 
But long time, this is this is the article in Politico. What you're seeing up there is the article, in, the headline of the article in Politico. Roger Stone drops appeal of felony convictions. President Donald Trump had already commuted his sentence, but Stone's lawyer submitted a notice to the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for the D.C. Circuit withdrawing the appeal yesterday, actually late last night, about a month after uh, President Trump commuted his sentence. Now, the rumor is, and this is the rumor, that Donald Trump was talking to some people on the uh, on on Air Force One, saying that he was about to uh, quote, uh, let's see, uh, planning to grant a pardon on Tuesday to someone quote very very important. And this leak came out and said the president didn't identify the clemency recipient. But it was not a former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, or former National Security Agency contractor, Edward Snowden. So coincidentally, last night, Stone actually refusing, uh, uh, filing a motion to, to withdraw his appeal, seems to be connecting some dots for us, connecting dots that make uh, it easier for us to draw the conclusion that maybe Trump is going to pardon him completely. Now, remember, the whole story was, are we going to pardon Trump completely? I mean, are we? is Trump going to pardon Stone completely? Well, Trump originally said no. And Stone was like, no, I don't want to be pardoned because I want to be exonerated. So what would cause Stone and his attorneys and Trump to change their mind? Well, I'll tell you, very important, that legal cases are crapshoots. And even if you have, in your mind and in the law, a lock-tight legal case, come on, you guys know this, one freaky judge with an agenda ignoring everything in the law, everything in fact, everything in the Constitution, and you're done. You're absolutely done. So as an attorney, I would understand Mr. Stone's desire to be completely exonerated, but I would be telling him, come on, you don't want to have this on you. You don't even want to take that chance. If Trump is willing to pardon you, jump on it. I understand the pride thing. I understand you want to be exonerated, but don't take the chance, especially in federal court, especially in uh, what's going on. We have to make sure that we don't end up on the other side of a case with a judge that is totally and completely against us and ignores everything in law and constitution. So if I'm Roger Stone's attorney, I'm going to be like, dude, jump on this. You know, I want you to be exonerated too. But look, the chances are just not secure. 
And I, hey man, I got your best interests in mind. I'll fight for you if that's what you want me to do. If you want me to do this, if you want me to appeal this, I will do this. But I want you to know, if we can get a guarantee pardon, you need to do that. I would tell you, you need to do that. And that's how, you know, any good attorney would tell somebody that. You know, JC's not here with me today. <laughs> you guys know, <laughs> we've talked about this on the air before, but um, I just sort of as a, uh, a little aside, a little uh, entertainment news, you know that I'm a big Star Trek fan, and apparently Quentin Tarantino is going to be making a Star Trek movie. And everybody's raving over the fact that Quentin Tarantino is going to be making a Star Trek movie and that it's, uh, now this article tells us that it's based on one of the old, uh, the original series uh, episodes called A Piece of the Action. Uh, but just, you know, little bonus for your educational dollar, little trivia out there, Chris Ann's not going to be watching this Star Trek. Mm-mm. I have absolutely no respect for Quentin Tarantino. I will not be watching ever another Quentin Tarantino movie. Quentin Tarantino is a, a, an, a political whack job, total, total statist tyrant. And I, I'm not gonna put any money in his pocket whatsoever. So the last case that I want to talk to you about today is something that's actually been on my agenda for a while. But I have, you know, when things come up of immediate importance and immediate relevance, I keep, I have to keep sort of pushing them aside. But this one is very important and I knew that it would have staying power. So I wanted you guys to see this, this article and see what's going on. You know, I've talked recently about the uh, ACLU wanting to defund the, the Department of Homeland Security. You know I want to defund the Department of Homeland Security. There's no constitutional authority for a Department of Homeland Security. Homeland Security is supposed to be conducted by the states. That's why you have a state militia. By the way, another little bonus for your educational dollar, National Guard Act completely and totally unconstitutional. An act that takes the governance of the state's militia out of the control of the governor permanently? Mm -mm. No, sir. No, sir. The state militias are supposed to be, and, and I'm talking about the organized state militia. There are two different kinds of militias on the state level. There's the unorganized militia in which the whole body of the people constitute the militia, and then there's the organized militia in which the governor has control to call up, train, and that sort of thing. Now, this is not a Chris Ann Hall invention, these two different distinctions of organized and unorganized militias. It's how our founders referred to militia as a, an organized militia, an unorganized militia being called into service because from a general perspective, if you've had my class at libertyfirstuniversity.com on what the Second Amendment and what is a militia, then you know that our founders, and I give you the direct quotes, 
over and over and over again told us the definition of a militia. And they called it, quote, the whole body of the people. Uh, George Mason, uh, Noah Webster, Patrick Henry, um, Richard Henry Lee, the name wasn't coming in my head immediately. They all, and many others, but these are the ones that I specifically teach you in the class at libertyfirstuniversity.com, that actually say that not only is the militia, the general militia, the whole body of the people, but they also make the distinction between the general militia and the the uh, the uh, called forward militia or the organized militia. George Mason says the militia are the whole body of the people except a few public officers. Noah Webster says that the whole that the militia is the whole body of the people, not including the government, and then goes on for like a whole paragraph to make distinctions between the the organized militia and the specific militia. Richard Henry Lee says that the that the militia is the whole body of the people, and that anybody who claims that in order to be in the militia you must go in what he calls actual service, remember the called forth militia, the organized militia, he says those are people that you should not trust. So what we have now is the Department of Homeland Security, a federal agency taking over what should be a reserved power of the state and the duty of the people to do themselves. We kicked the British government off of our land for trying to do this sort of thing, taking away our individual right to secure our own states and our own land. My goodness, the state of Virginia issued an entire resolution telling before our independence. In 1774, issuing a resolution to Great Britain telling them, you know what, we are still British subjects, but we don't need your regular troops here. We can defend ourselves. So uh, I, I picked up an article and I don't have a clip for you today on it. I think I want to, JC and I might talk about it tomorrow. But you have the conservative aspect, conservative, remember, not necessarily constitutional, but conservative, not constitutional, saying that because the ACLU wants to defund the, the Department of Homeland Security, number one, that it must be a bad thing, and number two, it is an example of cancel culture. If that's the case, then I'm guilty of cancel culture. And you know I'm not. I, well, my cancel culture is, if it's not a delegated power to the federal government, it needs to be canceled. How's that? Can we work that way? If it's not delegated to the federal government, it needs to be canceled. So now we have, I've been talking about this stuff, these federal agencies that are out of control. And I wanted to share with you this article about the federal government hiding cameras on private property without warrants to spy on farmers and ranchers. Now, the man that you see in this picture right here is Hunter Hollingsworth. 
And according to uh, the Farm Journal and their subsection Ag Web, it said Hunter Hollingworth's story contains alarming claims regarding the behavior of government officials and raises a bevy of questions over open fields, states' rights, and the sanctity of private property. Now, let me tell you how this works. I'm just going to read to you a part of this article. Seated at his kitchen table, Ag Webb writes, the finishing off the remains of a Saturday breakfast, Hunter Hollingsworth world was rocked by footsteps on his front porch and pounding at his door, punctuated by an aggressive order, open up or we'll kick it down. Are you freaking kidding me? Open up or we'll kick it down. You can't knock on the door and say, hey man, it's the feds, we got a warrant, will you, will you talk to us? Surrounded by on all sides and the driveway blocked, another Roger Stone thing, right? Roger Stone is a 66-year-old man which they know has no firearms and yet they called in the stinking Special Forces frog team to swim up a canal by his house to arrest him. You know what this is? A show of force is nothing more than bullying to, to send a message to other people, right? So, uh, Hollingsworth was the target of approximately 10 federal and state wildlife officials packing pistols, shotguns, and rifles. Does that not only kind of beg the question, why does the, floor, why does the Federal Wildlife Association, why does, why does the Bureau of Land Management, why do they have SWAT teams? Why? Why would they even be armed using our tax dollars to show up at somebody's house like this? So what was Hollingsworth's crime? Can't be drugs because these are wildlife officers. Armed robbery? Nope. Wildlife officers. Assault? Nope. Wildlife officers. Money laundering? Mm-mm. Wildlife officers. Months prior, in 2018, the Tennessee landowner removed a game camera secretly strapped to a tree on his private land by wildlife officials in order to monitor his activity without apparent sanction or probable cause. Now, let me tell you why that's important, right? These are federal agents, which means they are governed by the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. No warrant shall issue, but based upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. These wildlife agents went on his property without a warrant, without probable cause, strapped a camera to a tree, his tree, mind you, his tree, to monitor his behavior on his own property without a warrant because they had no probable cause. They had no warrant. This is absolutely crazy. Hollingsworth residence was searched by U.S. government and state officials dressed to the nines in assault gear 
seeking to regain possession of a trail camera, the precise camera they had surreptitiously placed on his private property after sneaking onto his property at night, loading the camera with active SD and SIM cards and zip tying the, it to a tree 10 feet in the air, all without a warrant. How many Americans assume that if the federal government is going to come on your property, they're going to get a warrant to do it? How many people think that that's the way things work? How many people understand? I mean, you watch cop shows. My goodness, if that's not something I have to compete with truth. People who have watched way too many cop shows and spent way too little time actually understanding their rights. Way too many cop shows and nobody understanding their actual rights. So how many people will tell you that you have a right to a warrant, probable cause? And yet here we have the federal government acting like the, that, that the rights of the people and the Bill of Rights don't actually apply to them. But the Supreme Court has given some indication that the Bill of Rights only applies to an individual's immediate dwelling area. That's how they're applying it anyway. So if you have a hundred acres of your own property, the Supreme Court has indicated in precedent in something called the Open Fields Doctrine that you have no rights on your property if it's too far away from your house. Excuse me, chalk up another reason why the Supreme Court is not supposed to be the ultimate arbiter of what is constitutional and what is not. I failed to find in the Fourth Amendment that this right to be secure in your person's house's papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated unless the government decides it's too far from your house and then they can do whatever they want. It is your, what is the point of even having a survey done on your property if the government can actually just invade your property? You know what's crazy? A private individual entering your property, no matter how far away it is from your house, is a trespasser. And if they enter your property line, 100 acres, 400 acres from your house, and they commit a crime, you can be, they can be charged with burglary, breaking and entering, and a slew of other felony criminal charges. But once again, because the Supreme Court has this, this ultimate ideology that they are the supreme rulers, the kings and queens of the universe, that just because they say so, the government can now do what an individual would be illegal for an individual to do and ought to be illegal for the government to do as well. This is, can you imagine stalking charges? Somebody creeps onto your house and put uh, onto your property and puts a camera there. 
breaking and entering, trespass, now stalking? How can the government get away with doing something that would be illegal for me to do, ought to be, and, and righteously ought to be illegal for me to do, but now it's okay because the government says we have a reason to violate your rights and to violate your property rights and to violate your, your privacy rights? No. By the way, if they put that camera on there secretly and actually didn't tell him, how does he know? It's not some stalker coming after him. How does he know that this is even quote unquote government property? How does he know that some random person didn't show up on his property and take his stuff? Let me tell you what, if it's on my property, I'm pulling it down. How can you have the audacity to come charge me with a crime? Not only that, showing up my house like you're freaking breaking down the door of, of Osama bin Laden because I took your camera that you illegally entered my property, illegally placed on my tree without telling me? Mm -mm. You're lucky you didn't get shot. Because these guys come on the, these feds, they come on your property in plain clothes. In the dark of the night, so you can't see them. I mean, what if he'd been out, you know, walking his property at night? What if he'd been out hunting on his own property and sees people in the dark? Climbing his trees without his permission. Just saying. They're lucky they did not get shot. Bust down the doors. Come on, people. There is no such exception in the Fourth Amendment. And for the courts to say that's okay, for the courts to say that's all right, I mean, he's not only, according to this article, this guy not only finds one camera, he finds two Um, this is not right. This is absolutely wrong. And by the way, if you look at the dates, this is still happening under the Trump administration. So we have to decide what kind of excuses we're going to make for administration simply because we like the guy in office. People always ask me, what should Trump be doing? Well, Trump should be hiring people that reflect the Constitution's principle in the operation of their duties. He should be hiring somebody that governs over these people, governs over these people that are breaking and entering on uh, Hunter's land, Mr. Hollingsworth. And he should be firing people who do this. There should be no criminal charge. There should have been no warrant issued. As, as a matter of fact, the minute that Donald Trump hears about something like this, he should be telling the Department of Justice, you have to drop these charges. If you don't drop these charges, I'm going to issue an immediate release of this person. 
We're not going to be filing charges. We're not going to be sentencing this person. We are not going to be pursuing this. And as a matter of fact, I want to see the agents that did this. I want to see the judge that authorized this warrant. And I want to see them today because it's time for them to go. You guys are always asking me for solutions. Here's the solutions. You want to know what Donald Trump can do? Donald Trump can take control of his own executive agencies. That's what he can do. He can't issue benefits for being out of work. He can't give you money. He can't raise or lower your taxes constitutionally, but he can get in control his own executive agencies. And these are executive agencies out of control, period. So where is the Trump administration? Where is A.G. Barr? So many people tell me how what a hero A.G. Barr is. You guys know I have no love for A.G. Barr, especially when it comes to issues like this. Barr probably was the one that pushed this because he hates the Fourth Amendment. He said just as much. This is wrong, people. It's either your property or it's not, and the government's running around acting like it's their own. And we the people, we the people have to stop this. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. I want to thank you for um, sharing. Before you leave, make sure you hit the thumbs up. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button and you have to hit the bell because if you don't hit the bell, even though you subscribe, you're not going to get a notification. So the, no the subscribe gets you on the list. The bell gets you the notification. The thumbs up helps us and share. We need to see what's going on besides Nancy Pelosi and COVID. We need to see what's happening. While the rest of the world is distracted by mail-in ballots and the scary thing that might happen on January 20th that I've already taught you about, by the way, we're here trying to keep you informed on the current events that are happening while nobody's looking because these are the important things too. So make sure you like, make sure you share, help us override the algorithm. God bless you guys. I will be with you tomorrow.